Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it's Simon Hughes. Uh, I'm sorry I'm sounding a bit gloomy, but it has been a very hard day at the office. In fact, a lot of hard yakka for the England bowlers. Yakka, you know, Simon, it's a word which means work. It's an Aboriginal word, which means work. And England, with a, a deficit now of 146, has only taken one wicket all day with 90 overs of toil... You, do, you just have to feel sorry for the bowlers. I, I don't know what they'll be doing tonight to try and console themselves, but they tried everything. They tried hard. They didn't have the right ingredients, really, to take wickets, and they were just up against a brick wall with Steve Smith. But I do feel a bit sorry for the bowlers in situations like that. I, I suppose you don't really, do you? Of course I do, but as a former bowler, you, I, can, I can understand why you would totally empathise with them. I wonder what people are thinking back in the UK. Perhaps they're thinking, well... I predicted that it was it was inevitable that it was going to happen today. You know, when you wake up and turn on the, the radio in the morning, what am I expecting to hear? I'm probably still expecting to hear Steve Smith batting, and that was the case. What they didn't expect, and what we didn't expect, was to hear Mitch Marsh batting and making a huge score, 181 not out, first Test century in his 22nd Test. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism of the Australia selectors about some of their selections, marginal selections coming into the series, but you know, most of them they've, they've got. They've done really well. They've got them right. The, the two Marsh brothers, Bancroft got runs in the first Test match. Payne has, has done well behind the stumps and got a few runs as well. So they, those little gaps in their side, they've filled them pretty well. I bet Peter Hanscombe is not feeling too <laughs> no, good. No. He got dropped and his replacement has made, as you say, 181 not out. And it's the pitch and it's the conditions and it's the situation. Hanscombe was just thinking, that could have been me. And it's just, oh, it's so tough, isn't it, for somebody? They got he he got dismissed a couple of times on that difficult pitch at the Adelaide Oval under lights, the pink ball. England bowlers sort of in their element much more, and that actually has been the story of the last well week and a half on tour, hasn't it? Because England's bowlers were in their element in Adelaide, but didn't really capitalise, and since then. They've been fishes out of water here. Hanscom's dropping actually just illustrates what you need at the top level, and that is ruthlessness. The Australian selectors were ruthless, weren't they? They said, right, we need a fifth bowler, bring in Mitchell Marsh. Sorry, Peter Hanscom. They tried to sort of coat the pill a bit by saying, you know, it's only because we need a fifth bowler. But, you know, it was a tough decision after two test matches. Hanscom out, in comes Marsh, and then Marsh makes the most of his opportunity. And when are we going to see Peter Hanscom next? I mean, he's not going to come back. Surely you you can't drop a bloke, you know, for the Melbourne cricket ground. 
just because you said, well, we don't need a fifth bowler here. If you say we don't need a fifth bowler here, Marsh is going to play. And Smith also demonstrated that ruthlessness as well. Was there a single moment in today's play when he thought he was going to be out? It was like watching Brian Lara. Both of you and I have seen him, in my case, get the 375 and in your case, get the 400. And each time there was this inevitability about it, I, I suppose... It sounds as if the England players almost felt that because, you know, word from within the camp was that they were all very gloomy last night and depressed and looking down the barrel of, uh, you know, a, a defeat, really. They were quite defeated. that was with a 200-run lead. That was with a 200-run lead last night. So, you know, going into today's play, I think they should have been more positive. By the way, we're going to hear in, in a bit from Chris Rogers, the former Australian opener, about the art of concentration, which Smith demonstrated to, to the absolute limit today. You're right, there was inevitability about it, but the way... I, actually, what really struck me about Smith was that he fidgets and he fusses and he... A, a bundle of energy, and yet he doesn't seem to run out of energy. He bats all day, and, well, like Mark Taylor said on this podcast yesterday, he might get 150 today, but he wants another 150 tomorrow, and... He's going to convert this into 300, isn't he? Well, it looks like it. Uh, it depends what they're going to do, doesn't it, in terms of the, the, you know, the weather forecast. There's a slightly dodgy weather forecast around. Will Australia look to get quick runs and declare earlier rather than later and try to put England under pressure? Or will they just bat to the, the middle of the afternoon and say, right, we're only going to bat once in the game. We're going to try to force England into an innings defeat. I mean, it, it, that's, what, that's the question tomorrow. I suppose it depends what the weather brings in the morning, what the weather forecast brings in the morning. They will not want England to escape here now, they, now they've got into this position. That's certainly clear. After the first day, there were even questions saying, you know, are you just going to play for a draw now, Australia? Well, clearly no. <laughs> clearly, I mean, they're so far ahead in the game. It's remarkable how quickly this game has turned around from 368 for four yesterday yesterday morning, to Australia with a lead of 146 and with massive power to add. Could England have done more? Could the bowlers have done more? They were, as I say, fishes out of water. None of them really have the ideal ingredients for success on this pitch. What you need on this pitch is either pace, as in 88 to 90 miles an hour, or height and some pace as well. The most successful bowlers for Australia on this pitch have been, obviously, Glenn McGrath, Josh Hazelwood in this match was the most awkward to face. And someone like Ryan Harris as well, who has that bustling sort of fizzy pace which skids off a, of a good length. But England haven't really had either of those things in this game. I think they could have tried a bit more. I think Stuart Broad, yes, he has a, a knee injury now and you know he's had this issue with his wrist release actually for some time as well very good against left-handers in English conditions but the wrist slightly falls away to the side of the ball therefore he doesn't get all the momentum behind the delivery he doesn't get the ball to stand up on a pitch like this where there's no sideways movement and you just need that little bit of extra bounce and and sort of intent and uh, venom on your delivery which he didn't have in fact he didn't play here the, the last time England played here he didn't play and I'm sure he wants to roll this pitch up and throw it away, really. And it may be that he's just the wrong kind of bowler now to play abroad. Chris Wokes, disappointing, but a rather plain bowler in these conditions. And the best was, was Craig Overton, who in, in both days has, has shown 
a little bit of fight, uh, a little bit of bristle, and just a little bit of a potency that uh, occasionally worried the batsman, but there was just nothing in the pitch for them once the ball had lost its hardness and S- Steve Smith had got his bit, the, the bit between his teeth. Nothing in the pitch for England's bowlers. What about when Australia come out and bowl with a lead of 250? I mean, clearly their quick bowlers are going to get more out of it and there's going to be far more of a threat, especially when they get out of that England lower order. The top six or seven are going to have to produce some heroics to keep England in this Ashes series tomorrow and on the final day. Well, let's uh, hear from Chris Rogers, because, in fact, I asked him uh, about that, about how England should approach the situation. But before that, I talked to him about the whole art of concentration with reference to Steve Smith. And is it something you learn or is it something you're born with? Uh, I think it's something you you learn. I mean, you've, you've, you've got to have the, the basic ability to, to be able to focus. Um, but... It's something you practice and something you try to master. So that the mental side of the game is, is you know, is as big a skill as hitting a good cover drive. Um, and it was something that you know I, I found difficult as a as a young player. But the more I played, the more I started to understand it, and had some pretty good mentors um, through my time, particularly at Western Australia. And how did you improve it? Um, one of the one of the great comments I heard was was from Justin Langer, who said um, he said uh, it's not batting perfection is not about scoring a hundred. It, it's about getting yourself into the, the same mental space every time you go out and bat, um, and that resonated with me in terms of um, trying to. to have that same mindset um, not only as you walk out but every ball um, and that's the only way I think you can get consistency as you're batting is if you have consistency around it, um, your, your thought patterns So it's a routine that you develop in a way Yeah it's a routine. And what was yours? M- my one was about narrowing focus so um, I liked when the so after I'd faced a ball I'd, I'd, you switch off, I'd quite often walk towards fine leg about three, four steps um, and stop. And, and then, you know, then you could think about anything. You could you could be looking at people in the crowd, you could be singing a song, you could be doing whatever. But then the bowler's getting towards the top of his mark and then you get back in. It, for me, it was two, two, two thoughts about my bubble, what I call my bubble, about um, the area I was standing in. Um, and that would be about my, my setup, my, my stance... And often I would say feet and neck, feet and neck. So just repeat that to myself. That was two thoughts. And then as the bowl... Feet and neck. Feet and neck. I, I Or feet and heads. I, about where the position... Because my because I used to fall over a little bit, so I like to get my my neck up. I know that sounds a little bit weird. I can talk about that another time, but... Um, well, batsmen bats are quite OCD, actually. Yeah, but... But if, if I felt if my, my neck was a little bit lazy, my head would fall over. Does that? I don't know if that makes sense. Even my eyes wouldn't be so level. Sort of tighten up a bit. Yeah, I, I'd kind of stretch it. Yeah, a little bit. Right. Um, but other times I'd say feet and head, feet and head. Um, and then as the bowler was running in, it would go down to one thought. So then it would be, um, I would say to myself, let the ball come in, let it come in, let it come in. Um, a lot of people say, watch the ball, watch the ball, yeah, as you can see. So for me, the only way you can you can have complete focus is if you have um, 
one positive thought. If you, if you, you know, people say you've got to clear your mind, but if you're not, it's impossible to think nothing. You've got to be thinking something. One of the greatest things I ever heard was um, Michael Hussey. It was a four-step process, but one of the, the um, one of those steps was he'd imagine a um, a train coming and docking at the station and picking up all these negative thoughts. And then leaving the station and taking them with him, with them. That's that's the kind of the kind of things that different people would think about, you know. And and um, but for me, it was it was it was all about narrowing focus. Have you ever talked to Steve Smith about his methods? Um, n- not really, but you can see just in the in his idiosyncrasies, you know, that he does have a pro- process, you know, because he's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So there is there is the physical things that he's doing, and no doubt um, then that's moving into the to the um, the mental side as well. It'd be fascinating to, to to know exactly what he's saying to himself as the bowl is running in. Broad just went for a hundred in the crowd. You can leave that on there. <laughs> Thank you, Shane, for that interlude. <laughs> Where were we? Um, yeah, look, I, I. How do you keep energy? Um, well, you've got to you've you've got to have um, a, a process that's um, repetitive, repeatable. You must be able to be consistent with with how you go about. It. If you're just random um, with your with your thoughts, I think that that's quite draining. But if you have a if you have a simple um, Process that you can you can continue to do over and over again, and then that allows you to switch off. I think the switching off thing is, is so important. But, and what was what was great was when I first started playing, I had had Justin Langer I'd get to open with, who was so intense. You know, he would he he would almost go on that play with um, this this energy. You know, this competitive energy, and then you'd have. Um, Murray Goodwin, who'd be coming in at number three, you know, another another fantastic batsman, but who was one of the most laid-back batsmen I've ever seen. He just that was his approach, you know. He, you'd get into the the middle uh, at the end of an over, and he'd tell you a joke, you know, that that kind of stuff. So he was all about, um, you know, bringing that intensity down, whereas Justin was 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 lifting it up. So you, you just had to you have to find what what works for you. Um, and and what allows you to, to bat for long periods of time. You, you just have to hate getting out. So I, I hear a lot these days about, um, if, you know, to, to, to coach young guys, if you, you've got to give them freedom, you know, to, to um, you know, the worst thing, it's not the worst thing in the world to get out and, and to make mistakes. And there is that. Um, but equally, you've got to, you've, you've got to teach people that that desire, that that refusal to get out, you know, that, and that's the only way you can you can bat all day. If, if if you don't have that, you'd never be able to bat all day. England at some stage are going to have to come out here and bat. Mm. Probably with a deficit of two hundred or whatever. If you if that was you now, how would you approach that? Oh, it, it, it all comes from within. Like I know you're representing your country, so you're expected to to have that competitive spirit but it all comes from it's pride you know it's to go out there and refuse I'm not I'm not getting out here or if I get out it's because um, the bowler's done a really good piece of bowling you know I'm not going to go out and um, and play a, a rash shot play a, a, a loose cover drive nick behind walk off go oh well too bad it's, it's about 
just having that fight and saying, no, nah, I'm going to be the guy who um, who's still here at the end. Do you think England have got that? Um, certainly, they, you know, I, I know they do. I've, I've seen a lot of these players play uh, um, exceptional battling um, innings. Oh, I just fear in this environment at the moment where they're 2-0 down, you know, they're facing quick bowlers. Um, who are pretty good. Who are pretty good. It's, it's just, it, it, if, if it starts to go um, bad quickly, if you, they lose a couple quickly, then it, it could unravel. So for me, when, you, when your back's against the wall, um, it, it takes individuals to, to step up. You know, the, the culture might not feel great, but there's always someone who can step up. So, you know, you have to say that's going to be me. It's quite funny listening to Shane Warne there laughing about Stuart Broad reaching 100, a little bit uh, harsh on England's poor old labouring fast bowler, but he was going to have to do some batting now Broad. And uh, there was a sort of note of positivity, I thought, sounded by Chris Rogers there, who, who said, yeah, if England really dig in and believe they can stay in for at least a day and with a bit of help from the weather, they might be able to survive. Yeah, well, they're going to have to play really well to do that, clearly. They haven't shown that much conviction with the bats so far. There was in the series. There was something in the first things. Bester clearly played well, and Milan played very well. The rest have got to stand up. Root, Cook, who we haven't really seen decisively so far in the series. Certainly not Cook. Root is he's flickered, hasn't he? But somewhere on the line, you feel he's got to get a massive score, 150 to digging and out of a hole. But it's so difficult. I think it's so difficult here in Australia. You know, the big crowd, the, the harsh light, the, the pressure of those quick bowlers and the pressure of that huge score as well behind them, so difficult to resist. I think we're going to see a very different game when Australia bowls. And actually, I, I think we're also going to see whether Alistair Cook is able to carry on as a test batsman because tomorrow is, is a sort of day of reckoning for him. If he does manage to get through the new ball and find some rhythm and touch in his batting and, and makes say, 100, that will, I think, rediscover for him the enjoyment and the fun of batting and the enjoyment of test cricket. But if he gets out for another low score and England ultimately lose the game and therefore sacrifice the ashes, he may think 150 tests is a, is a great time to stop. And, you know, whether he does decide that or not, the, the, you, no one really has any idea how much that's taken out of him, not only playing the 150 test matches, but in most of those test matches, opening the batting. The responsibility, the pressure mentally to, to set the tone, to stop the opposition running amok on your, on your batting order, the, the, the fact that you go in number one, face the first ball, that's a huge responsibility and it must have had a massive toll on him. The last time he opened the batting in the second innings in a test match here, England needed 500 to win, Alistair Cook was out first ball. That's not an omen for the, the fourth day. It would be great to see him get some runs, wouldn't it? It is 150th Test match, and England, goodness me, they didn't half need them. Well, they do, and uh, we'll, we'll see in the morning. The forecast, incidentally, is for very heavy rain on Sunday night, uh, which will go into Monday morning, and Perth has had seven millimetres of rain in December, and the average is for 15 in December normally, so the chances are that we will get some rain. It depends when it comes and how much, but 
that really seems to me to be the only way that England can get out of this now. Best chance and a bit of determination with the back combination. If this game goes the full two days from here, well, it's going to be difficult for England to get out of it. And you are a realist, aren't you? You're, I'm, I'm I've, I've got to tell the listeners that you're a realist, not a pessimist. Well, having said that, I mean, even today was beyond you know what I thought was possible. 346 for one. I thought, as I said last night, I thought Australia would get up and past England's score, but to be way past it was still six wickets in hand. What a day for Australia and a, and a grim one for England, clearly. Yes, hope we've got better news for you tomorrow. Look forward to speaking to you then. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.